Hi, good morning. Welcome to the NeuroSec podcast where we unite people and organizations to support and advance neurodiverse people in cybersecurity. My name is Nathan Chung, and today my special guest is Devin Nakano. He's co-founder and CISO of Authenticid, and he's also founder, president, and executive director of YSTEM and Chess. Well, welcome, Devin. Thanks, Nathan. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, just to uh, get us started, have, have you watched The Queen's Gambit on Netflix? No, I haven't. Um, honestly, I can't really afford Netflix at the moment, but I constantly get people every single day reaching out. It's like, hey, have you watched this yet? Have you watched this yet? It's like, no, not quite. Uh, I hear it's really good, though. Yep. It tells a fictional story of a young female chess prodigy who shows autistic traits. That that uh, brings us to our next question. Uh, t- tell me more about why STEM and chess. To my, to my knowledge, is the only program of this kind in the world. So can you tell me more about YSTEM and Chess? Yes, indeed. So YSTEM and Chess is a nonprofit. We empower underserved children to pursue STEM careers and STEM professions. We teach children chess, math, and computer science to empower them to pursue STEM degrees and STEM professions using STEM professionals to support. We offer in-person and remote classes. And through our program, for the kids that can't afford them and readily need them, we offer internet, computers, mentoring support, and financial aid guidance to help them pursue their higher education goals, whether that be self-study or a college education. Wow, that, that is incredible. I, I, how did you come up with the idea? So I was finishing graduate school um, three years ago in 2017, and I read a, a great book called The Hillbilly Elegy that talked about um, a Princeton educated lawyer who grew up in the Rust Belt named J.D. Vance, his life getting and out of this, this idea of systemic poverty now hard it is. Uh, after reading that book, I kept on thinking, it's like, what if I get the kids to graduate with a STEM degree? Can I break that cycle of poverty in one generation? And then the question became, how do I get them there? So I built a program that followed my initial steps into STEM. I started playing chess when I was 12. I got really good really quickly. Um, I was always really good at mathematics. And then I found computer science and cybersecurity in college. That was one of the the motivations. Uh, the other motivation is the fact that uh, I have Asperger's. I have something called visual processing and motor functions disorder, which sounds a lot like what it is. I have issues with coordinating and interacting with the world around me. I'm deaf. I'm colorblind. I'm nearsighted. I have ADHD. My youth was defined by this diagnosis that I received when I was three years old. The doctors told my parents the prospect of me leading a successful life was going to be slim to none. Thankfully, I came from um, a teacher family, a teaching family. My mom was a teacher. My grandfather was a teacher. And they said, like, no, we don't believe you. I was uh, placed into a disabled pre-K program where I spent um, three, 
four years. I really don't remember anything before kindergarten except for like small, you know, memories. Most of those memories are coming from photographs that my family has. Uh, my mom and the doctors think it was just because of my ADHD that I just, I simply don't remember anything until I started um, progressing and started getting more involved with other students and other children in kindergarten. So fast forward, I uh, graduated the close to top of my class in high school, uh, got a scholarship to Boise State University, studied mathematics and computer science, eventually graduated with a degree in philosophy in three years, and then finished a master's in cybersecurity a few years after that. So I'm very much one of the kids that I'm trying to help the most because I, I was in their shoes. I had the fortune to be born into a family that valued education, knew how to work the system to get me the right resources for me to eventually become successful. Wow. That is an incredible story, Devin. Incredible. Especially since you were diagnosed back back when you were three years old and to achieve all that, like that is an incredible story. It, uh, it was, and it's really based solely on the fact that my mother got me the right resources when I was very young, that it wasn't, and I did not fall into the behaviors that many As kids with Asperger's and autism fall into, and I was able to get speech therapy and behavior therapy and allowed me to, to compensate for some of the deficits that many of our community face on a daily basis. Yep, you you are absolutely correct. From my view, especially the support, especially especially at early age, that is so critical, very critical. It is. It's it's really a game changer. And the reality is that many of these resources are readily available through your local school districts. You just have to ask. You have to set up a meeting to get an IEP for your child, an individual education program. And through that assessment, you're able to get access to speech therapy, to behavior therapy, to private tutors, to um, equipment. In my IEP, I was, uh, I was supposed to be gifted a computer for home use, I never actually got that a computer. But in the IEP, it lists out pretty much everything that you have access to. And the reason I was so successful in high school is my IEP pretty much said that Devin can have anything that he wishes that will help him become a better student. So if I didn't like a class, I got out of that class and got placed into the class that I wanted. If I didn't like the teacher, that we just didn't mesh very well, I got to choose my teacher, and so on and so forth. All those tools are readily available for parents. You just have to ask for them. Wow, that is incredible. I think there's also a difference in worlds. Like what when I was growing up and going to school, like a lot of those resources just was not available. And looking at looking looking at things then and now, I think. Society and support is 
it's, it's like night and day. There's more, much more support nowadays. Yeah, there totally is. And we simply just understand a lot more of this developmental syndrome and disorder than we knew 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It, it's really scaled rapidly in our understanding because now there's more research, there's more studies, there's more support that better understands children from a neurodiverse background. Excellent. Uh, shifting gears, so when people hear of, of conditions such as autism, it usually carries a negative label of being broken, of being defective. How, how did you overcome that stereotype and find success? You know, most people don't even realize that I have Asperger's. Like, there are minor tics um, that are apparent with children that have Asperger's, the children that have autism. They don't really like groups. They don't really like loud noises. They don't really like bright lights. Um... If you don't, you know, fall into those common issues, also they usually have speech impediments too. That if you don't, you know, exude those those categories, that it doesn't really cross people's minds. Like most people who talk to me nowadays is like, wow, Devin, you have Asperger? And it's like, yeah. Like I was a mess when I was younger. And and now it's like you can't even tell. It's like I had a lot of help. Like I had a private tutor. I had a speech therapist that I met once a week. I had a writing tutor. I had everything that I need to be successful to be where I am today through those resources. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, shifting gears, so often people have to wear masks because they're too ashamed or too shy to admit they have a neurological condition such as autism or ADHD. How, how do you feel about masks? Like you're, you yourself, you're, you're openly neurodiverse, but how do you feel about masks? It, I think it's a coping me- mechanism. If you need it, please use it. Uh, nowadays, it's becoming more accepted and people understand it more. Uh, t- especially when you're going into the bigger cities, the more populated areas. It's a it, it's it's hard to hard to describe and it's terrible that many of our community have to put on such a mask in order to get a job, in order to, you know, be successful. Yep, it's I, a it's part of our our stereotype that is holding us back. Yep, I totally agree cuz one day I hope for a world where People don't have to wear masks and they can be free to be themselves. Yes, indeed. And I was and still am very proud to have Asperger's, very proud to to have this skill that allowed me to be successful and allowed me to focus on things that some people did not uh, did not understand or are not interested in. It's a. It's really, really quite a powerful tool when once you learn how to harness it, the ability to focus on whatever you're trying to focus, despite the fact that your brain might slip here and there. 
But that broad interest really prepared me for my current success of being interested in chess and mathematics and STEM overall, uh, in athletics and art. All those different things prepared me for for today. And I'm grateful for it. And I proudly say that I have Asperger's to anyone who asks. And I actually have put it on all of my resumes. Maybe that's possibly why I haven't gotten a job. But I was so proficient at my skill skills that I simply just started my own company. And I started going and looking for clients that would pay me for my expertise. That is amazing. And and really, anyone can do that. It's getting easier and easier today to be able to start your own company, to be able to go after and, and chase clients. You just have to figure out what's the best way, what is the best way for you to communicate and pursue yep. your goals. That That's a really good point. Based on the traits associated with uh, autism and ADHD, do you feel that entrepreneurship is a good job opportunity for, for people? I think it's the best opportunity for our community. You have a rare skill set, whatever that skill set is. And there are people out there that will pay you to perform that skill set. You just have to go out there and find them. Yep. That's a very good point because in a in community, you don't hear people talking about it too much because they just assume like autism equals broken and we should just like hide in a closet like but it's, it's very refreshing to hear entrepreneurs about your success as an entrepreneur incredible yeah i've been incredibly lucky i had a lot of support my again my family valued education hard work a lot and those two fundamental skills are essential to being an entrepreneur and Many children that have Asperger's or autism are on the spectrum. They have this innate will to be able to understand and learn a bunch of different topics because they find it of interest. That's pretty much what business is, is being able to understand and apply what you learn to be able to solve whatever problem that you're trying to solve that day. Yep. Can agree more? Shifting gears, I personally feel that neurodiverse, neurodiversity could be the key to encourage more women and other disadvantaged groups into careers in cybersecurity. The traits often shown allow many neurodiverse people to potentially excel in, te- in technical positions, traits such as attention detail, hyper-focus, and the ability to see that needle in the haystack where others would not would, would miss do you agree? Definitely. That pattern recognition is so essential to cybersecurity and the being able to understand um, what, uh, what is happening in a log when you're investigating an incident, where it is understanding a piece of malware that you're trying to reverse engineer, whether you're trying to pen test a network where you have that experience and that perspective to be able to understand the smallest detail that allow you to get a foothold into a network and eventually exploit and exploit it and get root yep i totally agree with you there so uh which cyber jobs do you feel would be best suited for the amazing people 
for the amazing people who are neurodiverse? You know, it d- depends significantly on your interests. Uh, I was an Eagle Scout and still am an Eagle Scout. So I geared towards the more leadership role type positions. I really enjoy strategy. I really enjoy building security programs. I really enjoy testing security programs. All those different jobs, it really just depends on what your interest is. Do you, Are you focused on you know reverse engineering malware? Are you focused on investigating incidents? Are you focused on leadership and being able to communicate with your team and the C-suite to better understand what the security posture is? There's so many different fields that whatever you're interested in, there is a job for you in cybersecurity. Yep, I totally agree. I think looking back at my experience, one of the biggest hurdles is just getting the support. And number two, there's just so many jobs out there in cybersecurity. It's it's just hard to pick one. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Yeah, that's a that's a significant issue. But my my recommendation is just to pursue whatever you're interested in. Read whatever books that you find fascinating. And try a bunch of different things. Nowadays, there's all kinds of different online resources for you to pursue your education for free. For example, the local library. Many local libraries have access to um, online books where you can download you know, 10, 15 different copies of these technical books that would be you know, 15 to $100 to buy in stores. And just read and just explore. And once you find something that you're super interested in, pursue that topic. Yep. Totally and it, it reminds know, me of that. Reminds me of that Shakira song. Try everything that because that is the advice I give to people myself. Like there's just so many different fields inside, but just try them and find something that they like. Exactly. It's a it's an adventure. And the more exposure that you have to these individual topics allow you to narrow your focus on what you actually want to pursue. Yep. I totally agree with you, Devin. I think for some people, especially those who have never worked in cybersecurity before, they see so many obstacles, so many barriers to entry. It's like looking at this tall mountain. How how can neurodiverse people overcome those barriers? Um, Like I said before, entrepreneurship. I couldn't find a job after I finished graduate school because I didn't have any certifications. I didn't have any experience. I just went to my secretary of state and said, hey, I want to start a company. This is what it's going to be called. And I paid my my $100 fee. Two, three months after that, I got my first client. And then, you know, a month after that, another one and another one and another one. And uh, that is a a clear path to getting that experience. Mm -hmm. Another one is volunteering for nonprofits or really any company to, you know, build a secure network, to do a pen test, to do a risk assessment and vulnerability assessment, build a security strategy. All of these different experiences will allow you to show that you have the skills to be successful and finally break your way into the InfoSec when it's so, so hard to get into. But you have to just follow what many 
in the InfoSec community did to get that first job. And it takes time. It's not something that you're going to easily pursue. If you are, you know, in high school or in college right now, you need to start preparing today to be successful and get that first job if you actually want to work for someone else. Yep, I totally agree. And I, I really enjoyed that, that you mentioned the volunteer work because a lot of people, they just, that just never comes up about, about a pathway to get experience. And I totally agree about volunteering. Another issue I, I, I hear of a lot, especially for people applying for cyber jobs, is when they see the job rec, they just get so discouraged. They, because a lot of companies, they want to hire the perfect unicorn, someone with 10, 20 years experience, with all the certifications on the planet, and they just want a candidate to do everything under the sun. Like That is insane. <laughs> they do, but their job requirements are solely based on what the team is looking for. Even if you, you know, don't qualify for anything, apply. Qualify for one thing, apply. Qualify for two things, five things, ten things. Just apply. Like this, if you don't get in, it's the same thing as not applying in the first place. So you might as well just apply. And really focus on getting that, uh, that experience by volunteering, by doing some free work, or... Go the entrepreneurship route. Pick a name, file your state, your secretary of state, and start pursuing clients. There are always people out there looking for security professionals to do work, especially with small and medium sized businesses. Yep, I love it. I totally agree with it. I totally agree with you there. Have you being a very successful entrepreneur? I I think that you are a really awesome role model for people because a lot of the topics we just talked about. This doesn't come up. People just don't see them as pathways. I think more needs to be done on that area as well, where people are being aware of these pathways. Definitely. That's that's a huge issue. And one of the guiding principles of YSM and chess is to be able to introduce kids to STEM fields, the best jobs in the world where you can build things and break things for a living and a great living. Yeah, for myself, I remember growing up, I built my own computer, and I just enjoy taking things apart. Now, putting things back together, now that was harder. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's always harder to put things back together. That's why um, taking pictures and, and taking notes is, is so important. Yes. <laughs> okay, and, uh, and for chess and STEM, I'm... I, I, I want to get your insight. How, how, how does chess help people get into STEM careers? What, where's the connection? So chess builds critical thinking, pattern recognition, problem solving, multi-step thinking, all these core soft skills that people need to be successful in STEM is all through this game that's been around for thousands of years to build these skills for, uh, for students. This uh, this game was invented uh, two to three thousand years ago, and realistically, it was meant to train royalty and the children of royalty to take over their positions, to be able to understand and evaluate the problems that they're going to be facing once they take the throne or take that you know higher office that guard that guides 
uh, royalty and the community that they're uh, that they're working with. Yep. And there's 70-plus years worth of academic research, some of it very, very recently, that shows that chess builds these skills. Hands down, builds critical thinking, problem-solving, multi-step thinking. Additionally, it's shown to raise your reading scores and your writing scores and your math scores. It's shown to increase your memory, your concentration, your confidence. It's shown to increase the dendrites in your brain and raise your IQ. All of these through, through this wonderful, wonderful game that if you are a STEM professional and you're interested in STEM, you'll have this instant connection and attract attraction to it. Like that is incredible. And I think what it means me that you made that connection and out of all the params that I've heard about globally, I, I think you're the only one that, that, openly brought this connection together and that makes you an innovator and that makes you even more awesome <laughs> yeah there and there are a lot of programs you know offer chess and offer the benefits of chess there are no programs that actually connect chess to mathematics to computer science yep yep i've, I've noticed that yep and uh ne- let's go back to our next question uh, what message do you have for people who are neurodiverse and want to work in cybersecurity but feel that the stigma of society telling them, no, you're not good enough. No, you got to do this instead. No. <laughs> what message do you have for them? Don't listen to them and contact me instead. I, I will help it. you. I love it. And uh, what, what, what do you think can be done to help neurodiverse people get, get the help they need in order to survive and thrive? That's a, that's a difficult question. I think it, it largely comes to to confidence and belief that you can succeed. Part of our introduction to lessons is repeating a mantra that includes, I believe, I achieve. Every single lesson. The start of the lesson, I believe, I achieve. I love it. It's like, it's like, it's like reinforcing a positive message. Mm-hmm. And it's also priming their brain to believe that they can achieve. Wonderful. And from your YSTEM and chess uh, program, can, can you share any success stories that oh, you're yeah. proud of? Uh, one of our students, her name is June. She started the program in 2018. She became a state champion a few months later in the beginning of 2019. Right now, she's testing in the top 1% of mathematics, top 3% in reading, and top 2% in writing. Two years ago, before she started the program, she was in the bottom 20% of those three subjects. Wow, that is incredible. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And that's just one student. I have over 600, approaching 700 right now. And wow. we are finishing up our website. We'll allow remote tutoring and chess and mentoring with a STEM professional anywhere in the world. That is incredible. Because I, I strongly believe like a program such as yours, it, it, it should be spread globally. Because I, I really think it can help a lot of people. It will, slowly but surely. 
We're always looking for donations. We're always looking for STEM professionals to work with our students. There's plenty of opportunities for anyone to engage in our program. And if you're listening to this and you have a child, please reach out. Let's get them into classes. We start with kids as young as five and a half. One of my best students, a little Chinese boy, he was no more than three feet tall. Right now, he's an absolute terror on the chessboard. Oh, my. I think that is another area where you are to be praised that you, you're starting early, like where, where kids can, are eager to learn at, at an earlier age. Like That is incredible. Yes, indeed. There's plenty of research that shows that having a mentor and having someone believe in you and being introduced to these topics at a very young age increases their chances of being successful later in life, especially for young girls. Uh, There's research out there that says that, that girls start getting turned off of STEM by biases in their environment at age eight. At age eight, second to third grade. Yep, I totally agree there that more has to be done, to especially help girls and especially those from disadvantaged minorities. It's 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 truly almost it's almost like a tragedy how uh, girls and, and and some groups are just they don't have the advantage of of anyone advocating for them. Sometimes, yes, it's it's a tragedy, and in reality, it's a national security threat. Yes. If we do not have the staff to guard our systems against nation states, we are going to be in trouble, especially with the advent and how China is readily preparing AI. Like we need people to fill STEM jobs, to be able to defend systems, to be able to break systems in order to defend them, in order to build new technologies, in order to build new methods and tactics. All these different jobs have a readily apparent national security threat. And we simply are not filling up enough jobs because we are still thinking the same way that we've been thinking for life, that we don't actively engage underserved communities, immigrants, refugees, low income, the families of uh, foster kids, orphans, adopted children, uh, parents with, with addiction issues, parents in and out of jail. All these children have the ability to be successful in STEM. And it all starts with one mentor and one teacher that shows them what they can be, that tells them that if you work hard and you believe that you can achieve, your potential is limitless. I love it. Thank you for everything you do, Devin. Incredible. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful job that I really have started. And it all started at three years old when my mom says, like, no, I don't believe you. My son can do anything that he wants to do. I'm going to make sure that he is in the right position in order to do so. Wow. I, it, sounds, it sounds like you owe a lot to your, your parents and especially your mom. Like That support is just so critical at an early age. It is. Uh, we don't realize how critical it is when we're coming from middle class backgrounds and upper middle class and wealthy families of how different it is growing up 
where you're constantly being told that you can do this, that you can do this, that you can do this. Many families and many of the children that we face, they don't hear that on a daily basis, if at all. I think there's also a cultural piece as well, where this is like we are, we are both Asian, and sometimes in Asian families, especially traditional Asian families, that there is a stigma where being neurodiverse or having anything negative to do with the family is often frowned upon, and people just are just uncomfortable to talk about issues. You know. It- I, uh, I'm another exception where my Asian family readily supported me very, very young, where my um, English Caucasian family, however, really struggled in believing that I could be something more other than my diagnosis. Yep. Because that's, yep, the, the cultural and family piece, that, that's another area which is not often discussed. Because I just watched a... Uh, short film from a film festival called Laundry, Laundromat, where filmmaker went to all these issues where they just couldn't talk about any family issues or even talk directly with their parents about their mental health struggle because it was just seen as a shame. <laughs> it is. Uh, but some of that is, uh, is cultural. You have to be able to go out and, and look for the support that you need. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Your teachers are there to support uh, support your student. You simply just have to ask. Yep, totally agree there. Okay, again, uh, we're just about out of time. Again, Devin, thank you for everything you do for 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 the kids and the neurodiverse community. You are an awesome role model, and your accomplishments will shine a light for a lot of people for generations to come. Thank you. I sure hope so. Uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, send me an email at devin at com. If you're interested in getting help for your child who's recently been diagnosed, if you're interested in getting help for yourself breaking into cybersecurity, please reach out. I am here to support you. That is my life mission, is to help protect and teach other people. Wonderful. Thank you again. Thank you again, Devin. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs>